0: We are back again. We had four time Emmy Award winner Chris Van Vliet on True Hill Heat 144. And now we have a bona fide wrestling Hall of Famer, the legendary Dutch Mantel on True Hill Heat 145. Producer, hit the intro. Hello, hello, hello! It is me. It is me. Your True Hill Phenom SV3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for True Hill Heat 145, the Holy Hill Turn. And on this edition of True Hill Heat, we will be discussing the latest wrestling news, including the fallout from Extreme Rules 2021, where God turned heel and helped uh, Roman Reigns defeat the Demon Finn Balor. We're going to be talking about the recap of SmackDown with the first. Night of this year's wwe draft aew rampage with danielson versus jackson aew dynamite with the Brody lee tribute impact on axis nxt 2.0 raw an update on g1 climax 31 where is bray wyatt heading to next wwe potentially coming to the uk for a pay-per-view next year and much much more first up i have to introduce the usual cast of characters we have the beautiful the lovely miss chrissy love
1: Good morning, everybody. Hello, hello. Thank you, Mr. Dodge. Thank you. Hello, hello <laughs> Bill. How are you? I'm so excited.
0: I wish I was with Mr. Dutch right now. <laughs> and we, we have the, 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 the biggest heel of True Hill Heat, the candle maker himself, the resident True Hill alcoholic, top guy, JJ.
2: Oh uh, man, y'all know. I mean, y'all know this is a big episode. I had to crack the mana at 11 o'clock in the morning. You know, I had to crack it early. We got a legend in the house. We got a legend in the house.
0: And like I said at the top of the show, I've been looking forward to this edition of True Hill Heat for quite some time. He is my co-host on Sports Keto Wrestling on the Smack Talk. So I've been learning so much from him. I've been under his learning tree for the past couple of months. So I had to bring him to the True Hill Heat weekly podcast. He is a wrestling legend, a wrestler who made his way throughout all the territories as well as WWF. is a legendary manager, a man responsible for starting up the careers of the Blade Runner, Sting, and Ultimate Warrior, The Undertaker, JBL, Kane, among others. He is the legend, Dutch Mantel.
3: Woo! Well, well, thank you, Christy. Thank you.
1: Hey. We don't have any uh, sound effects or anything like that, so that's for
3: you, sir. <laughs> no drum beats or anything? Nothing? No. Or nothing? No. Yeah, okay. I make the hey, sound myself. I- uh he's been asking me to do this for a while like two weeks not that long but uh (laughs) and and uh i don't do a lot of podcasts but i would do this for you sid because i have a lot of respect for you and what i have respect for is your knowledge of wrestling and what you know a hell of a lot more than i know when somebody asks you a question like who won whatever in WrestleMania of seventeen, I go, What the hell? Hell I can't remember last Thursday, let alone WrestleMania WrestleMania seventeen. So and uh, if if you know wrestlers, wrestlers don't know that minutia. They just don't know it. I mean, they don't even sometimes remember what town they're going to or what they need to do and it's a chore for them to remember the finish of the match mm-hmm. after they just got it in the dressing room ten minutes b- beforehand. So, but that's what happens to you, and you, you, you folks wouldn't know anything about this. But I tell Sid all the time: is from getting in, hit in the head a couple hundred thousand times. That will cause some damage and will cause you to forget a lot of stuff. So glad to be glad to be here. So let's get to it. Ask me a question. <laughs> uh, and, and, and i'll i'll refuse to answer on the, <laughs> i'll invoke my fifth amendment right, uh, right off the bat Smart move with us uh, <laughs> Remember
0: everyone watching us live drop a thumbs up on this video share this video with all your wrestling fans friends and family If you are new to the true hill Heat youtube channel hit that subscribe button hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here And of course if you want to get involved this is an interactive show If you got a question for Dutch Mantel, We're gonna try to get to all of your comments in the live chat But to make sure you get your question to the legend Dutch Mantel, a super chat tech- donation is the best way to do it one dollar or more you can ask Stutch whatever you like and yes he has his fifth amendment right to refuse to answer it or maybe he will we we, we don't know this is going to be an unpredictable <laughs> episode of True Hill Heat and it's brought to you by our friends over at Warrior Wrestling and Powered 4 TV a couple of True Hills that we shout out at the start here our top three conversation starters Austin, Hartsfield, Brown number two Jessica V n- number one of course the Negro Buck nick jackson uh we got to also shout out jeff lopez jermaine pacman mikhail uh miguel Maldonado jr matt the misfit and hard work bearcat blue and jeff l commented on nx325 it's the guy you can get your fake vaccination card from it's tony d'angelo and that was a quote from <laughs> romeo of course the Ebb wow. commented on on wow. True Hill Heat 145, saying, "Favorite wrestling talk show of the week. Great work, guys. CBB is the best interviewer out there. Hope he's able to come back sometime. Love the discussion, everyone, and we appreciate those comments and all the True Hills who's supporting everyone in our live chat so far. But yes, let's get right to it and let's ask a few questions for the legend himself, the the bona fide wrestling Hall of Famer, Dutch Mantel Dutch." I, I I always, you know, we always talk us down over on sports keto wrestling. So I don't really get to pick your brain too much. But I like you know, I've been a fan of yours, like I told you before, since like your time in like WWF when I was just a kid when you were Uncle Zebediah, but your career goes way back and one of your most legendary rivalries is with uh Jerry the King Lawler. So, how, and your Mm -hmm. partnership with Jerry the King Lawler as well. So, how was it working in Memphis with, you know, a guy that's considered a god out there in Jerry the King Lawler? And how do you view Jerry outside of the ring and outside of the wrestling business?
3: Well, he's a sorry son of a gun outside the ring, but uh, (laughs) no, he's a good guy. He he really is. Uh, Working with Lawler in Memphis, uh, it was uh, actually. The way wrestling used to work is in all over, not only Memphis, but Florida and Texas. And they had their resident baby face, the resident good guy. And he'd just wait for the bad guys to to come in. And then he'd get rid of them. And then he'd go on to the next one. Well, i have been there a while. And Jerry Jarrett was the booker. And he says, I got an idea. And he said, I want to run. And I had the title. He said, "I want to run Lawler against you." I says, "Okay." I mean, I'm not going to argue with him, but uh, and we were both baby faces. I says, "And uh, this is the way it's going to work." He said, "We'll see which way the people turn." But uh, Memphis at that time was red, red hot. We would sh- yeah. we would show up in Memphis on a you know on a Monday night. They'd be anywhere from 8,000 to 11,000 people in there every Monday. Like territories used to get hot like that and they would run till they had a reason not to be hot. Of course the attendance would drop then. But uh and me and Lola never even touched each other before the angle we just announced it. Because I got on TV one day and I said, a lot of people want to challenge me for this uh, for this title. And then I went through Terry Funk and Dory Funk and, you know, Ric Flair and Austin Idol. And I said, but a strange name. And we did this in front of a live studio audience. Uh, and then I just dropped in there. And even I said a name that sort of surprised me was, was Jerry the King Lawler. You could actually hear the chemistry change in the room. Because people went... And, and now they might they might have thought, well, we might not see Funk and Idol and all those guys. But Lala was there, so they now they may have had the feeling that they would they could see that match, but that was a match that you could tell right from the very second it was kinda alluded to that they were interested in. And we showed up in Memphis and What a lively, what a loud crowd. But when they announced me, I got a big cheer from half the people. And when they announced Lawler, a big cheer from half the people. I mean, Lawler wasn't used to that. And I could tell he didn't much really care for it. But that's the way it was. And he didn't fight it. But then I went to the back and we had this match. And I mean, it was, and we didn't. We went probably about 30 minutes in this match. And Lawler is such... See, Lawler doesn't do a lot of stuff, but everything he does has meaning. Yeah. And he is the master of timing. And, of course, for that time, I kind of had it down, too. So you had two guys who understood what needed to be done and the best way to get there and never had a... I mean, we, we never had a even a mediocre match. There were always great matches. If you just judge by fan reaction. I mean, we weren't out there doing head scissors and hurricanas and all that stuff. There was I mean if we'd have done that, that would have killed the whole thing. I don't know. We couldn't do it anyway because we're not that athletic. But but we told a story from beginning to end. And that was the longest angle I had ever been in. Uh it, was, it, it went about three months, but I only worked against him three times during that angle. So because we would, we would space it out, and I think he beat me, then I come back and beat him about a month later. And it was strange that when I did beat him, he was asking for a rematch, but he was the champion. Usually it's the challenger asking for the rematch, but he was the champion asking for the rematch, and what we did the first time when he beat me, uh, Jimmy Hart in their first family, they attacked him. Now, the same people that were saying, you're a piece of crap, Dutch, now they were saying, Dutch, help him, help him, help him. And I made a move to go to help Lawler, and all the Hart's guys, just, you know, Jimmy and all of them stopped and looked at me. Then I just turned and walked out and said, hey, have at it. And then on TV that Saturday, he was asking me why did why didn't you help me? I said, hey, I didn't make those enemies. You did, (laughs) so it wasn't up to me. And and the people understood it from there on out. We were two guys, and I was always like a tweener anyway. I could, yeah. And somebody asked me why would you be a tweener? I said, well, and we didn't have that many guys in the territory. We only carried sixteen guys as opposed to WWE carrying seventy. See there is a there is a problem with carrying too much talent because you can't get to it. I mean if if you're that deep actually nobody even knows who the third team is. I mean I couldn't name you probably how many, how many people in the WWE could you name right now that's that you haven't seen on TV? You can't, a you bunch. can't Yeah, you can't name, them, man. If you had a football team with 70 people on it, you're never going to get to that 70th guy unless he's a kicker or something because you don't have any use to, use to play it. But anyway, we went, through, we went about three months and we sold out the Mid-South, which is 11, almost 12,000 seats with chairs, which is almost a 12,000 seat arena. We sold it out twice. We didn't settle down one time because we had a snowstorm. Damn it. That's what I hate doing things in winter because you have bad weather. So, and when snow, I don't know if you've ever been down south, but when they say snow, it's like saying hurricane in Florida. Oh my God. You may not get but a half inch. Oh, they run around and empty the stores out. It's like, damn. It's like the zombies are coming or something. Oh, let's go get food, or uh, we're going to get some, we're going to starve to death. And it only lasts a day. The next day, it melts. So, but anyway, that was uh, my that was my run with Lawler. Enjoyed it, and he's such a he, he's such a great ring general, and I am too. At the time, I thought I was anyway. But uh, we we had no problem, and. People understood it and it was successful, and, but we never went back to it. Smart, you left it. You left it while it was still hot. There, Miss um, Chrissy Love, you got a question for Dutch? I do. Um, I oh want to know. Here, oh God, here it comes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, it's not even wrestling related. I don't. I don't. I don't want to bother you with that. I want to know, like, what's your day like? Like, when do you get up? Do you sleep in late? Do you make breakfast, or do you just get up and have lunch? Like, what do you do?
3: nothing good
1: <laughs> I would love I, to do nothing
3: <laughs> I, I, I I wake up well I'm I'm retired anyway so right and uh I wake up and of course I get the phone and I read the news mm-hmm. then then I bitch about the news to myself because <laughs> you know people won't talk to me around here half the time and, but uh And I I do very little, actually. And I've been been needing surgery for a while on my knee. Mm. And I wanted surgery last year, but this coronavirus 19, Mm -hmm. every time I was going, getting close to the surgery, oh, we got to postpone it, you know, because all of a sudden we're overrun with these coronavirus patients. And and it's been postponed four times.
1: Oh, wow.
3: So, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. how, many, how many heart attack victims have probably died from not having access to an emergency room or medical facilities?
1: That's for sure. I mean, mine's
3: just a knee. I'm not going to die because of it, but, but people have heart attacks, they gotta, they got to have immediate attention. So Right, right. But anyway, I hate that. <laughs> but that's, that's my day So in, in, doing, in doing podcasts like this. Okay. I only, I bo- oh, I only—I've only—I've only done one in about a year, and that was yours, Sid. So you'll you'll owe me. So. I'm only—I'm honored. Yes, I owe you. I owe you. I
0: gotta—I gotta give up all my talking time on Smack Talk next week to you. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Top guy, JJ.
2: Uh, I think just kind of want to just tap into your your actual initial love for for the business. Like, what was it that made you feel? I made the best decision by becoming a professional wrestler and having such a long, lengthy, legendary career like you had.
3: Well, sometimes the old saying in wrestling, it's not how you get in. It's how you get out. <laughs> 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 because you got to keep in mind now that in, during the territory days, they didn't pay like Vince McMahon paid. Mm. You were paid strictly off attendance. That was it. A lot of places even would let you, you know, have your own merchandise or gimmick, gimmicks that we used to call them. Uh some people, uh some territories, they kept that for themselves. So you either had a choice. You could either work there or leave, or buy the territory. What old old time or old time you don't like it, you got two choices. Leave or buy the territory and change it. So, since I couldn't afford either one, I didn't do either one. I didn't do either one of them. But uh, the territories didn't pay anything like uh, like WWE or AEW. out here now they were yeah. paying. So, and a lot, and that's where the that's where the term came from. It's not how you get in; it's how you get out. Because you used to have to move like every year or so because you would get worn out if you go into the and this is when they ran weekly towns. Like if WWE ran a weekly town, they would be down to, say, Madison Square Garden, see 20,000. If they ran that weekly, which is impossible to do, of course, but they would probably get down to 4,000 people. Mm. Out of, and, and, you know, 4,000 people in Madison Square Garden looks empty. And I have yeah. seen 6,000 people in there one time. And it does, it looks empty. You could The old saying in wrestling was you could shoot a shotgun off in the place and it wouldn't hit anybody. Mm. That's, that's when you have some really sparse attendance. But uh, I didn't make the decision that I'm, it, it was such a great decision until I worked maybe WWE the second time, not the first time. Mm-hmm. Because the first time I worked mm-hmm. WWE, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't make any money. A lot of guys weren't making any money. The towns were down, I mean, and the thing about, this is what's never brought up, is how you were paid back in the territorial days. Let's say, and you can figure this up for yourself, if you had a $10,000 house, it was the rule of thirds. The third goes to the promoter, Right. the third goes for expenses, and third goes to talent, so but That talent is so spread. Well, even even on a, and, and it's, you know, they don't really have a certain percentage for the main event. They just guess at it. So if it's 3,000 PSA, $3,300 split amongst 15 guys, and I'm including the referee in there. So you just divide 15 into 33 and whatever average that is, say it's 300 bucks but your first match won't get 300 bucks. Your first match will get $100. Your main event will maybe get $600 because they take from one to give to the other. Yeah. And it's arbitrary, whatever the promoter wants to give you. Because the old saying is, the promoter got first count. And he distributed it the way he wanted to. And if you went to him and complained, oh, he might give you some some more money. He may. But it's not that he was giving you money. The next show they run, he just takes it from that gate, and it's already paid out. And so there was a lot of mistrust between talent and promoters because nothing was on paper, nothing was written down, no contracts were signed. It was a, <clears throat> it was a, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a handshake agreement, which was reneged on the first time. <laughs> <laughs> the first time a big house would come up, and you had a lot of guys bitching and moaning. And so, that being happy during the territorial days, I don't think existed, even amongst the top guys.
0: Makes sense. Makes <laughs> sense there. But. Kind of similar to what I was hearing what you're explaining with the territory is what me and Chrissy was talking about yesterday with uh Dark Side of the Ring with Onita's FMW and he had a kind of a, a shaky reputation on uh paying his workers there But that brings me to a question about you because a lot of you know newer fans Maybe you know didn't catch your first run in WWF not even your second run with uh, Jack Swagger with we the people maybe they caught you on Dark Side of the Ring season one How did you like get connected with with the Dark Side of the Ring people, and tell us about like the experience about reliving uh, one of the probably one of the best episodes of Dark Side of the Ring, the killing of Bruiser Brody.
3: <clears throat> I got a call one day, and I don't even know from Jason, uh, the not Jason. I'm sorry, Evan, Evan Husney, who was the my lead contact with Dark Side of the Ring, and he had this idea that he wanted to produce a series on wrestling and on some of the darker side of things that hasn't really been, hadn't been fleshed out. And the first episode they wanted to do was the Bruiser Brody episode, Mm. which was why he contacted me first, because I was there doing it. So I got to talking to him, and they actually finished the bruiser brody episode episode first that was like their pilot but it didn't play first in the series i think he yeah. played fourth. it played fourth or something but i think that's how they kind of got the show uh okayed uh from and where did it show what channel did it show first on Earth? It was on, on Vice, I believe. Vice the first movie.
0: episode was um, was on Macho, Vice. was on uh, way Vice. To yeah, yeah Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth.
3: Yeah, but I think, uh, and I narrated that first season. So they put That's me right. on. Uh, I was I was the narrator, and I was supposed to be the narrator for the second and the third. And have they made four seasons. No, they're up to no, the third season three right out. now. Okay. It's from Jericho. They signed an agreement with uh, to help get it financed Mm -hmm. because I don't. I don't think Vice financed it totally, but part of the financing went down to the Canadian Broadcasting Company. That makes sense. Since it since it's a part of government, this is what I hate about government. They said no employee, no employee could. Be on a rec- on a on the staff if they weren't Canadian, and since I'm not I Canadian, si- yeah, that's since I'm not Canadian, they couldn't use me.
1: Mm.
3: And it was, he said, "As I hate it," but he said, "There's nothing I can do about it." I said, "Okay," and that's why I'm not there for the second and third and fourth seasons. So, and it paid well, so the Canadian government <laughs> just screwed me out about. 70 grand or whatever. whatever And you you know, you could have asked for more
0: money as the seasons go on. So, uh, yeah,
3: it it, it, it paid well. It did. Yeah. It was paid. I actually, uh, well, it was paid for what it was worth because those, as it was gaining strength during that first first season, it got up. I think the highest it got up to was like 450,000 viewers, which for Vice. It's, it's a like lot. a su- is like a Super Bowl. <laughs> now, I think some of the series later, I think the Owen Hart episode because it was yeah such a, it was such a highly publicized deal. I think it, it did more, and, I, and some of these latest ones may ha- may have done more, but uh, and and it's been a very successful series, really, and it was a it was a good idea. And, and it was the darker side of things, I think. Uh, and I did watch the one with Ric Flair, the flame ride from hell. Oh God. And, uh, <laughs> who said that? Oh God. Top that, JJ. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> what an and and I was asked about that. And had I, had I ever been present when Ric Flair did any of his shenanigans? No but i've heard about it for years and years and years and where there's smoke there's usually fire always and and yeah. the, the story i heard is I, I i don't doubt it at all because and i've gone on record saying because he's, he's he's famous for that yeah or I- infamous for that and he's done it in, in for years and years and in varying degrees and uh, of course they said he got he got canceled or he got ratioed or whatever he did. And, and I said, I have no sympathy for Ric Flair. I don't at all. And somebody said, well, it's her word against his. No, it's not. It's, you know, I don't think Rester just say that he does these things for the hell of it. Because, I, and I said, if, if, if you believe that, I said, what, what if you put, let's, let's take your sister. Put her in the place of that flight attendant. But your sister or your wife or That's your mother mm-hmm. or a friend put her and why why would she lie? She was she was at work. And it, yeah. it yep. and it really mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then Rick Flair come out and said, Oh, it never happened. Well, Rick, hate to tell you, buddy. But yeah, I'm not doubting. <clears throat> I'm not doubting that it happened. <clears throat> because I know Rick, and I've heard all the stories. So there was no doubt in my mind that it happened. So.
0: Uh, yeah, we, we talked about that You can check us out on uh, Sports Sportskeeter Wrestling We went in-depth the week that uh, yeah. Came oh, out and you, wow. you you Dropped a lot of knowledge here Before we get to a couple of questions that I see here In the live chat, of course If you want to make sure your question is read on screen You can send a super chat donation It helps out the channel a lot And it make sure that we ask your question To Dutch Mantel But we have a question here for one of our good friends uh, Pat, uh, first of all He wants a, a shout out from you Dutch Because he's a huge huge uh dutch mantel fan uh so if you if you can give him a shout out and he also acts as uh,
3: fifty dollars <laughs> there you go in my later years in wrestling i've turned like to prostitution to kind of support myself so hi hi pat how you doing
0: <laughs> and he asks, his, "What was it like working with you know some someone else that we kind of saw their rivalry on Dark Side of the Ring? But what was it like working in creative meetings with Vince Russo and Jim Cornette together
3: in TNA?" Well, Jim was never on creative in TNA. He was an agent because we may have been hit on the head a couple hundred thousand times, but we're not stupid. You can't put them in the same creative meeting. And expect them to uh, cooperate with each other, uh, but in TNA they kind of got along, mm. uh, and because I think I was there, and you had two guys there running interference. Like we would ke- we kept them separated. We didn't let any of their segments overlap. There was no need for them to actually work together. But I remember the first day we told uh, we told Jimmy. that uh, that Russo was coming back, and he quit. He quit on the spot. He said, well, I'm done. Finish me up. I'm done. I just be my last show. And then I guess Jeff talked to him. Jeff Jarrett talked to him, and he he agreed to come back. But it was very, very difficult because there's a lot of heat that we had no uh, part in creating, all we could do was separate them. It's like two dogs that fight all the time. and uh, But they came a point where they was literally almost speaking to each other. <laughs> which was, it, They almost said hello to each other sometimes, but not quite. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> but it, it was very difficult. It was very hard to operate under those circumstances. And, uh, and Jimmy's very smart. Jimmy knows the wrestling business. Vince knows the wrestling business, to to a point, I think. But you see, anybody who's gone through Memphis, I think, understands the Memphis, uh, the the business a little bit deeper. Because I'm a strong, when I booked, I'm a strong believer in stories and purpose and where is it leading you to? I mean, you can go in and somebody said, "Did you see that match? Wasn't that a great match?" I said, "Yes." Is a great match, but if you if they bring out everything they can do, what are they going to come back with? I mean, if they come back and there's only so many moves you can do I mean before you you they've seen it before or you hurt yourself, but if you've got a story, you can drag that story out a lot more than you can drag out those phenomenal moves so and a lot of guys they do that because. Well, first of all, they can do them, <clears throat> and years ago we had never seen those moves before, so they are impressive moves. But, uh, but I was always a believer in stories, because if you're reading a book, if you just read all all the crazy stuff they do in the first chapter, what are your other chapters going to have? Yeah. And how are you going to finish it? I used to tell young guys, I said, "Guy, listen, if you're the." If you're a rock band, you don't play your hit song first. You probably close. You, you probably end with that song, and you build up. If you play your hits first, what are you going to? What are you going to play with in the middle of it? Mary had a little lamb. That'd be leaving on the go. <laughs> so, and I think, but anybody would probably tell you that. But in wrestling, see, we don't have a school that we can go to. This is why I always disagreed with how. Uh, WWE have their writers because Vince doesn't want them to have any wrestling knowledge beforehand. He wants to train them, which I kind of understand that, but it's the kind of who you got training them. Yeah. I I remember one time this guy was writing an interview for me, and I read it, and I said, brother, no disrespect, this is shits. (laughs) 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 What's wrong with it? I said, well, everything, really. I said, let me ask you, what did you work for? He said, well, the the Utica Times-Gazette Daily Journal, you know, something. And I went, brother, being a columnist or whatever you were for the Utica Daily News Journal does not qualify as a wrestling writer. So, And this is why you couldn't give them ideas because they didn't understand wrestling. So, if they tried to take your idea to Vince and Vince asked them a question, they couldn't, they don't even know what he's talking about. So, they can't defend it. They can't even dissect it and kind of get them interested. So, then you'd have to come in there. But that time, the writers probably mangled it so much it doesn't even make sense. And, Vince, you know, you don't want to give him mishmash. You got to go yeah. right to the heart of it and do it like that. So that's that's why I always hated why how they got their how they got their writers. They were non wrestling people in a row they didn't understand.
0: Now now people can understand why you took my side with me and uh, Rick's debate all those months ago with uh, the Kenice Mobley firing. But let me <laughs> tell you something. Rick's an idiot. <laughs> I'm gonna clip that. I'm
3: gonna clip oh, that to put on I, Smack Talk I, next yeah. week. I love him to death, but he's an idiot. So, this is when you can tell This is when you can tell a wrestler is really going to badmouth somebody. It's when, they, when they're talking. Say we're talking about Rick, and, we, and they say, well, hey, listen. <clears throat> I'm not going to say anything bad about Rick, but. Oh, uh, you know. Oh, you know the last line that they're going <laughs> to cut his heart out. So, it's you know. kind of like o-
0: Onita. me and Chrissy were talking about when Onita was like, I'm not going to talk ill about the dead, and then he talked ill about the
3: dead. I can have that. Oh yeah, they just get being braced. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's 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 where it comes. I'm not going to say anything, but <laughs> and then he catches he beheads him. Go at him. <laughs> uh, we got a quick question here from Romeo,
0: our producer, saying if wrestling never existed, what would Dutch be? A public speaker, a scholar, a writer, a politician? What would you be, Dutch?
3: Well, where I grew up, I'm, I'm writing my third book. I, I wrote two books. One's called The World According to Dutch, which, and, I, and, and basically what it is, is a, a book of road stories that are true. And, uh, and the second book was, I can't even remember. Oh, Tales from a Dirt Road. I keep forgetting the name. That's just one I'm getting <laughs> hit in the head. I forgot the name of my second book, Tales from a Dirt Road, which is the same thing. Hmm. And it's tales that I've heard or I've told in the car on these long trips, to make them go faster, and uh, so I'm writing my third book, and that's a good question. What would have I, I have been? I have no idea, but I grew up, uh, and a lot of people don't know this. So I grew up, and I keep this as quiet as I can. Uh, I grew up in the tip of South Carolina, way up in the corner, and you go 15 miles one way, and you're in Georgia, and you go 50 miles north. You're in North Carolina. And it was like a little mountainous region. So, if I hadn't left that town, I would have never done anything. But, I, but I, I left the town and went around the world. And I still have high school classmates right me. And they're, they're asking, how did you do it? And to tell the truth, I don't know how I did it. It's just something that, but I went into the Army. And I think going into the U.S. Army, was probably the best thing that happened to me
1: mm-hmm.
3: because what it showed me was there's a whole world out there to go see if you just go see it. It's like, why did you climb the mountain? Well, it was there. That's why I climbed the mountain. And it's the same thing with me. Then uh, I had a friend that was in wrestling, and he kind of got me started, and I, I went from there. But that will be in my, in, in, in my book. And of course, it's a lot of stories that are personal in nature that I've never, never, ever told before. And if you read it, or even if you even hear it, you'd say, "Damn, how did you get out of there?" So, and which is sometimes I even sit back and say, "How did I get out of there?" But but I got out. And uh, see, I I'll be watching I'll be watching TV with my ten year old granddaughter, and Paris will be on there. I said. I've been there, and she said, "Oh, you've been everywhere, Bob. But you've been everywhere. <laughs> Shut up! I'm getting tired of hearing. <laughs> oh, you've been Classic. to New York City. Okay, you've been to Puerto Rico. Okay, you've been to India. <laughs> I'm back."
1: <laughs> she She'll understand when she's
3: older. Yeah. Well, she, she's she's uh, she's ten, but she thinks like she's. Eighteen, <laughs>
2: like, I get it,
3: Grandpa. Because I I, I, I'm, it. I'm looking, I'm looking at her, and I'm thinking, where did that little four-year-old kid? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, did we, we lose touch. it? I think we, I think we, uh, we we lost Dutch there. Yeah, I we think are live, pal. We yeah, we're, we're 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 live, pal. Uh, we'll we'll get Dutch back in here for sure. Uh, a couple of comments we got to go through. Uh, heels heels rules saying Dutch is a legend and incredibly insightful. Tony Khan should hire should hire you, sir. There he goes. There he is. You know,
3: <laughs> this is I'm talking about Rick. Remember when the, <laughs> you, you remember when my <laughs> internet Rickiness? dropped out. <laughs> Remember when my internet dropped out a while back? Well, if you pay your bill, well, I haven't forgot that blame you
2: know? <laughs> He blame Rick. Smith? And
3: and the internet drops out sometimes. Is and I that's why I hate my neighbor. The neighbor <laughs> changed his password, and we hadn't. Oh, we had we hadn't got along since then. So, son of a bitch, son of a yeah, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When I get. I, I throw I throw rocks at him now when I see him, you know.
0: <laughs> Smart move. Uh, we got a question here from EVB uh Dutch. He says, uh Dutch uh, do, does Dutch keep up with current wrestling and any wrestlers currently that you're fond of?
3: Well the only wrestling I keep up with is what I'm required to. Mm. I keep up with SmackDown. And what and it's almost like if you make your living doing something, you don't want to. You don't want to go back and stay in it. So you dive all the way in. Up till up yeah. till I started watching SmackDown with uh, Sid and Rick. So I have I hadn't watched any wrestling. I just read some wrestling headlines, and I hadn't kept up with any of it. That's why I ask Sid sometimes. Sid, catch me up on this guy. Or catch me up on this guy, uh, that one, because I don't know. So even yeah. during the draft, they had the what's that group? I asked you about the New Deal or the New Rap or what it was. It uh, uh, hit row, hit row. <laughs> yeah, I, that's <laughs> the first time. I, I first when I saw their name, I said, Hell, I I've not even heard of them. Yeah. And the other guy, which I had heard of, Austin Theory, I'd heard of him. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that's about it, I guess. <laughs> uh, we got
0: a couple more questions that I can get to here. Um, let me see here. We got uh, the Nick Jackson asking, who were some of Dutch's favorite opponents to work with?
3: Well, Lawler was one. And, uh, you know, a, a, a guy that you never hear a lot about, I mean, on a national scale, was probably one of the best in ring workers, I'd ever been around was Brad Armstrong. So if wow. you ever watched him, he was like, he was, he was so smooth, and his things, his stuff looked so good. And what I think he are you familiar with who I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, we uh, we uh, me and uh, Romeo, the producer, we actually uh, been watching old school WCW, so we've been seeing a lot of uh, Brad Armstrong in there.
3: Yeah, well, he was he was really really good, uh, and and what held him back was he was one of the funniest guys in the dressing room, and he would he would, before the matches or after he would, he would just he had a routine going and he was and he was funny, but you put yeah. him on camera in front of a camera, he'd freeze up, and then he would look like he would be so dry. And I don't know why he, why he couldn't come out of that shell. But if they could have captured some of his stuff in the dressing room when he was relaxed, you know, he, would, uh, he, would, he was really, really good. And there was a lot of other people I, I really liked to work with. Lawler, was, you know, I brought his name up. Uh, the Puerto Rican guys that were kind of easy to work with, if you could keep from getting killed by the fans, See, when I went down to Puerto Rico the first time, I thought that was a, had, was a company that had been. This is how much I knew about wrestling. You know, i being an ignorant. I thought they'd been in business for tw- 20 years. I didn't know. They just started up two years earlier. And I, had, I went down there, and I was the first heel that went down who trash-talked the island. Puerto Ricans are very nationalistic about their island and their country, even though it's not a country, but they think it is. <laughs> but you say anything about Puerto Rico, uh, Puerto Rico are Puerto Ricans. Oh, my God. You know, I used to go out on the street and they say, oh, sucio, like dirtiest in Spanish is sucio. Sucio, yeah. sucio, you know, and that's how I learned Spanish. I part of it. But you always learn the bad words first. It's like, hijo de puta. <laughs> you know, I thought that was like a term of endearment. Somebody told me what it meant. It was like son of a bitch. You know? And then they'd say something else. And, and I thought it was because of my great athletic wrestling prowess. You know, I was so good. Little did I learn that not only did they hate me, they really hated me.
1: <laughs>
3: and I'll tell you how strong that heat was, I could go out on the street and put my glasses on, and my beard was a lot shorter then. You know, I'd look, I looked like a tourist, they wouldn't bother me. When I put that cowboy hat on, which I found out one night when I was with Abdullah the Butcher about 1 o'clock in the morning, I put that hat on. I couldn't walk three steps. And when I finally said, I need to get out of here, is when I saw, like, a rock land at my feet. I said, "I I need to be leaving here. Because I said this about Puerto Rico. When I went down there, they thought the space program was fake and wrestling was real. Oh, my God. They would literally, and I've been in several riots down there. We were going for this match at Roberto Clemente, sold out. And this is not a a knock on Puerto Rican people, but they drink like fish. They do. (laughs) Of course, I did too when I was down there. So we went to the ring, and it was supposed to be a barbed wire match, and they put it on first. Uh, They put it on last. They usually don't put the main event on last. And when I saw that wh- what they were doing, I asked one time, "Why would you people be so stupid as to put the main event on four? That's what they used to do. till yeah. they told me till they told me, "Well, what are we going like to drink, and if we wait to last to put on that match, the people will be so drunk that they'll kill you." And it took me about two months to figure out how smart they were. Because they they would, so one night they did put us on west, and uh, <clears throat> and we fought going to the ring. The people we had, it was just so it was such a hot angle. We fought going to the ring, and then on the way back, I got in the ring and I looked down and I told my partner Frankie Bain, I said, you know, in about fifteen minutes we're gonna go back right through those people that we just come in from, and they were they were rough then. And I said, and we lost the match, and went out, and we fought all the way to the back. I mean, not standing; we were moving and fighting and punching and kicking. And that night, we we finally left the building at two thirty in the morning, because the people waited outside for us. They waited so long that the cops quit on us and left. They said, "We're going home. We're not staying with you no more. you on your, They told us, "You're on your own, guys." So, and we finally went out, and there's still about thirty of them out there. And, as we drove off in the car we could hear rocks hitting the car so it was it was very dangerous down down there in those days
0: I definitely wanted to hear a Puerto Rico story and you just told it all. Thank you Dutch for that uh, Remember guys, we got our most people watching right now. Remember to drop a thumbs up on this video You can share it on all your favorite social media platforms If you're new to the true hill heat YouTube channel hit the subscribe button hit the bell to stay notified And if you want your question read out to Dutch, you can send a super chat donation We're trying to get to as many of your questions in the live chat and you have some good ones like fifth-generation Carney who acts as Dutch uh, who would Dutch say educated him the most in the business
3: well there was an old uh, that I consider my mentor <laughs> the young fans won't know who this guy is and probably a lot of the older ones won't either but he was a he was one of the smartest guys I'd ever ran across in wrestling not only then but thinking back on the things that he told me even now and he, was, he worked under the hood he was the masked Masked, uh, masked assassin. Remember the assassins? You ever heard the name? Yes. Yep. Jody Jody Hamilton was one, and Tom Ernesto was the other one. And Tom Ernesto probably smartened me up more about this business than anybody else at the time. Good, good guy, and he's actually the one. <clears throat> he was the booker, and he gave me my job the first time I entered uh, professional wrestling. I, I started in Georgia, and. I used to, I used to ride with him. Well, actually, I used to drive him. He picked me as his driver. But in in doing so, that you know, he would start telling me things: do this, do that, and this. And actually, it was actually my education in wrestling started about eleven o'clock at every night, because I was either riding with Tom or riding with some of the veterans, and. I would get in the ring, and they—they, I mean, I would get in the car to leave about 10:30 at night, and we'd start. We stop, of course, get the beer. I wasn't allowed to drink. I had to drive. Then they would start drinking, and uh, they was—I'd ask them a question. Excuse me, sir. Did you see my match? Oh, here they come. I damn that. What you what you call it? I said, well, "Yeah, what was it? It was a shit. It's, it's horrible. Worst match I've ever seen in my life. Shut up. You know <clears throat> who got you in this mess?" <laughs> but then they would—they were ribbing. They were kidding. And then they would say, "Hey, kid, slow down. Don't do this and don't do that." And what was the purpose of that? And they would teach me psychology. They would teach me not necessarily the moves I did, but why did I do them and when and what I should do? And if you'd listen, you'll learn. And I did. And then after that, they would come out later, not that night, but uh, on succeeding night, they would come out and watch my match. So they would critique me right when I'd get into the guard. And and you got to think about the first two years in the wrestling business is just or three years, four years. Is, is learning you're just learning, learning, learning you're absorbing, you're learning you're absorbing, you're creating and then you're executing and, and then they'll tell you if you got it right or not <clears throat> but after a while you know you got it right when the people you get the desired uh, the, the desired uh, reaction from the crowd so that helped me a lot but Tom Ernesto was probably my, my first mentor and I probably had others but he was the main one Learning something
0: new today. That's one thing I didn't know who you learned more from. So keep those questions coming in the live chat. Of course, Super Chat donation are encouraged and appreciated. Helps out the channel a lot. And we will definitely highlight your comment to Dutch Mantel. But we got to get through what we missed a little. <laughs> Ricky Chino uh, messing with Dutch's uh, internet. That's Rick right there. We need to. Dad, we're going to take shut that. Shut <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take that on social media and tag Rick for sure, Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we gotta go through,
3: We gotta get through what we missed and of course you, see let me ask you. Yeah. I saw Rick's first match, right? You saw it, right? Yes I did. Now who was who was nice about it? You were you were very nice, nice about it. Yeah, you were very nice about yeah, it. I said yeah I said it was wasn't a bad match. It's pretty good and you know. And he just kinda took that and just flossed over it, you know. Thinking back on it, it was probably one of the worst matches I've ever seen. (laughs) But I didn't tell him that.
0: I, I I'm gonna need the producers to have a whole clip package of all the times Dutch buries uh Rick, so I could save that and put it on Smack Talk next week. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna work on a <laughs> clip package of how many times we bury Rick. Um, we gotta talk about what we usually talk about Dutch, which is uh Smackdown that happened last night. It was the first round of the WWE draft. You had Charlotte Flair, the Raw Women's Champion, Drew McIntyre, Kofi yep. Kingston, and Xavier Woods of the New Day. Hit Row from NXT and Jeff Hardy moving over to SmackDown while WWE champion Big E Bianca Belair Edge Ray and Dominic Mysterio and Austin Theory from NXT moved to raw you also had Brock Lesnar for me <laughs> Why did it ruin SmackDown for you?
1: Continue Go ahead. I'll talk a when you when you finish.
0: Okay, I'll go to you first uh, Brock Lesnar right. confronted Roman Reigns and planted another seed of doubt in his head Oh about my god, <laughs> Absolutely Um, Ahead of uh, Crown Jewel uh, Edge returned but Seth Rollins Wasn't at Smackdown He was actually at Edge's home And did a home invasion that Edge Called uh, Daniel and David Which happens to be I didn't say this Last night Dutch because I didn't know But Daniel and David is actually the real names Of FTR who do live in North Carolina by Edge so that was a Nice little forbidden door term Right there so nice touch by Edge there Uh, Becky Lynch uh, called Bianca Belair her main event contest against Sasha Banks after the match Charlotte Flair laid out both Sasha and Bianca And then we had happy Corbin beat uh, Kevin Owens. Thanks to help from Madcap Moss The former Riddick Moss is now Madcap Moss both of those men were Redrafted over to Smackdown Miss Chrissy love you look utterly annoyed with what happened on Smackdown. Let us know why
1: Okay, so First, we bring Hit Row. They're not ready for main event. They'll be lost in KRN okay. for sure. That's one. Then you take the New Day away from Xavier again. You
2: mean Big
1: E? Oh excuse me. You take Kofi and Xavier away from Biggie, who is champion. Again, what is the point? What is the purpose? Why? It does not make sense. Make, it makes sense for me. Because if the stories are right, the story will go where he's actually champion, where they can all be around him, per se. Then you move Charlotte, which is fine. I'm sure that was p- because of Fox. No problem. Great. Why do we bring Becky back? What's the point of all of this? Now we're going switch, to switch titles, because now she's on SmackDown. We can't have the Raw title on at SmackDown. It's, it's just... Does not make sense to me. But whatever. Then you take Bianca. And then you put Bianca on Mondays. Where now Becky I'm sure. And uh, Sasha will probably then as follows. The only reason I will watch Smackdown. Is because of Roman Reigns. Who will probably lose at Crown Jewel. And then I will not watch Smackdown. Because this is all. It does not make sense. Make it make sense. This has been good for how long? Since the pandemic. And then now you ruin it with these shitty drafts excuse my language it is very shitty i was very annoyed with yesterday's episode i did not like it and i don't like where the rest of the drafts are gonna go and that's what i'm going to say
0: let them know let them know i mean the only part of that i disagree with i think that hit row is ready for the big time i was telling dutch because Dutch wasn't Explain really it to me. familiar Home with it hasn't
1: him, even done but- a successful title run
0: how no no, he has he hasn't he hasn't even had a singles match since he won the title but their act is a complete act they are the most main roster ready act in the in nxt and they had their audition for what main roster promos you do where you do the john cena promo that everybody does where you do like you're gonna have this match here and this match there and this match there and they did well in it and i feel like because bianca goes over to raw the street profits we lost dutch again see the the neighbor the neighbor doesn't like the rocks being thrown at him so his, his Wi-Fi went out but they they you have the Street Profits that are going to run go over to Monday Night Raw most likely with Bianca Belair moving over there so it only makes sense that you fill in those slots with Hit Row. Hit Row is going to be that spot that the Street prophets had they can be, they, uh, Swerve Scott can potentially become Intercontinental Champion in the next year, I can totally see that happening and I feel like those the act overall, I don't see any individual person outside of Swerve Scott is really ready for the main roster, but the act overall is ready. And uh Top Guy JJ, what was your thoughts on SmackDown?
2: Might be a little different reasoning, but I'm on the same boat with Chrissy. I really didn't like the show. And the reason being is but the draft format to me was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Like to, to make <laughs> half the like to make
3: half you, the roster heard available, What said called them last night. They're dumbasses, yes. It
2: it was my... It it was my numbing and my... I'm not sure how many different cuss words I could use in front of Dutch, but I was completely annoyed with this show. And if you watch this during the watch-along, you clearly saw why. To me, the first round, the whole draft was already ruined. Like... When you have Charlotte Flair get drafted to SmackDown and the most obvious choice is to have Becky Lynch get drafted to Raw, swap the titles. You want to swap it, but no, let's keep both champions on the show. She's not available tonight. What?
0: Yeah, because she's going to be what? the number one what? pick on Monday.
2: Why? 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 Why is this broken up? How do you break up a draft and say, oh, this portion of the talent is available this day, but this portion of the talent? Just have the entire draft on one show then.
0: Have the entire Thank draft you. Thank show, you. Make it, it, it make sense. Put
2: the roster. No, the then back.
0: you're then you're just gonna get one network mad at the other and mad at it's WWE. In in to a, a draft. To be mad regardless, a
2: draft. You see, don't see, put draft. Stra- you don't put this in a draft. You put everybody in the board and make them all available. You don't. Maybe do this for You don't do this for a draft.
0: Maybe, maybe I'm the only one here yeah, that, yeah, you are the that only thinks like WWE because you've got to spread the wealth. It, no, the draft don't. is it's easy a draft. ratings. It's, a it's easy draft. ratings. It's a
2: Everyone is available. It's a draft. It's a draft. You don't make half the people available. You don't make half the people available and say, oh, half the people is available on Monday now. That is the most, that's the most asinine thing I've seen in a draft. I'd rather it be a bad draft with everybody involved than tell me, oh, half the is available on Monday now. Like, like I saw Happy Corbin, Happy Corbin drafted in round three. What the hell?
1: Exactly. Like, <laughs> like garbage, straight garbage. Straight it don't garbage. make sense. It don't make like, sense. And it, you can wear your WWE hat, but it don't. It's still not going to make sense. Sid, you're the only one that it makes sense to. But if if, if Corbin is in round three. What what else do I have to look for on Monday? Tell <laughs> no me.
0: one else was available. Well, Becky Lynch didn't go. Becky Lynch is going to be Becky drafted Lynch, on Monday. Becky Lynch was Sasha, available because she
1: came out looking fabulous, by the way. However, Sasha Banks is out, available. Last
2: night. The women all look great last they night. They
1: all looked amazing. Well, half of Sasha's alpha look great. But, you know, that's just, you know, <laughs> we can talk about that another day. <laughs> Don't tell but my that. thing is, is, like, they're not available, but they still come out. They're still dressed. Everyone is clearly there. Come, like, come on, man. Like. Make so, me understand this. Make me, like, get to where, oh, my God. Let me make sure I watch Raw so that I can see the draft. I don't need to watch the draft now because I know it's going to be BS. That's did, just all I'm saying.
2: Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce both say the entire roster is here tonight? Why the hell are they all there if half of them aren't available to be drafted? Like, it, it, what, what's the point? What is At the least point? do, like, you-
1: the old days and have everyone in the back. Everyone is just sitting there, ready. Like, where am I gonna go? Like, it, it's just
2: doesn't. And, and, and bro, truthfully speaking, you should have just had the entire draft on Monday Night Raw since it's a three-hour show. Have the entire draft on Raw because you can have seven, eight, nine rounds on that show. Have like two, three matches in between, and then you. D- I who cares? At the end of the day, thank you, Mr.
1: Dutch. I. Thank like, you. Love
2: you. Dutch, you know, like it's it's dumb. Can it's, someone like, screenshot that and send process. that to me, please? Thank and you. Like, it was a horrible process, and then and then like I'm seeing who's getting drafted. Like like with all due respect to some of these guys, like like come on, we we, we saw we saw Bearcat beat Keith Lee, literally get drafted to the same show. <laughs> like, <it's>, like what? <laughs> Like what are we this is a this is a televised pick and he got picked to the same show?
1: And then we have the people that get drafted and they have matches. Like why is why is Happy Corbin having a match and he's drafted and then but we already know he's still there. Like it don't made it
2: a big deal with Happy Corbin being drafted to the same show. They made it a big deal with Keith Lee being Bearcat Keith Lee being drafted to the same show.
0: Yo, didn't I bring that that up? You did. You did. You didn't understand said, why? why they drafted with, to the same show.
3: I said I don't understand. I said he's on the show, and he got drafted back to the same show he was like, on. Like don't make it news to <laughs> me. Like don't. Like, it's, it's,
2: like- <laughs> it's on TV. Like it's a big deal. <laughs> like come on. Draft was stupid. The draft was dumb. I'm sorry.
1: I've been saying the draft been dumb now, for a long time. But all you got said, no, we. Didn't.
3: Now you're it's you're. Like,
1: you're t- t- blah 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 blah. Crash <laughs> trash.
3: You're stealing. You're stealing Sid's line. He's calling it dumb. That's all he could call it. <laughs> you called it dumb last night, Sid. Now you're defending it. See how because- he is.
0: Because Dutch, I told you before, my wife gets paid by the WWE, so I gotta, I, I gotta, I company, I gotta put my hat on, I gotta put on my hat, and I, I don't
1: agree. You with shouldn't you, be a, it, a true heel, then, friend. If no, you're gonna uh, wear that, the this WWE. this is the hat. true heel.
0: This is the true heel point of view. Oh, uh, this is the heel oh, yeah. point of view. Oh, pop, exactly. Thank you, heels rules. <laughs> heels rules said it best. I'm the heel today, but um, oh, basically, why would you get Fox mad at you? Fox just paid you a million dollars a year to to have your show <laughs> on there. Why would you get them mad? By putting it just on Monday Night Raw, Wait, that makes think, no sense. Think Fox I think they that... happy with that result. Yes, they were. Right. I guarantee you, it does over two million views. One only...
2: That's not an improvement.
0: That's what Fox wants though. They want two two, two million of yeah, view. I wish I was a WWE show. I wish they would pay me. Uh, they they no, should yeah, pay this, me. This,
2: no, no, this draft was fucking this draft was horrible. This draft was goddamn horrible last night. Like I, I'm not gonna sit here and I'm not gonna sit here and defend that. Like the draft was no. trash. Like we call yo, we have been given raw we've been given raw its roses. We've been given pay-per-views their roses, but when this is dumb, this is dumb. This draft was dumb. This draft
1: was trash. SmackDown will now go as back to not being a great show. It'll be like Raw in a few weeks, guarantee. Mark my it's words. Mark like it down. I'll try. Mark to it, it down.
2: He is on. He's. I'll try he to is
1: on, a, on, that I'll try to on that show. And guess what's gonna happen at Dag on Dirty Saudi Money? What's gonna happen? So, well, <laughs>
3: now that's what was. Where was your thoughts where, where on the draft? Wait. I, hey, I, I don't. I don't know. I just. Like I said before, I don't follow I don't follow WWE, and so I've heard about the draft, yeah. but I never even checked the draft out till last night because I was required to. No. So, and I don't I don't I had a lot of questions like, like Chrissy and everybody else, but I don't know. It's I I didn't think the show was was that bad, but I, I thought the draft was kind of. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. That's when they do something I don't agree with. I'll think about it. But I just. I just don't get the draft. I
0: you mean, it creates
3: some interest, I guess. But right. hey, it's their deal. They don't pay me at all, so <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have back. watched. I wouldn't have watched it unless I had to. I think, I
0: think you guys and the viewers because I see Anthony Mazzano saying saying I'm a flip-flopper, you were criticizing the draft yes, at, at the SmackDown last time No, no, I was criticizing certain moves, like drafting Big E without drafting Kofi and Xavier, and I'm defending Okay, the so fact I agree I'm, on that part it, Absolutely, okay. I'm defending the fact that it should be on both shows They should, though, make it clear who's available on what show I'm not saying you guys are wrong in that state, but to say that the draft should only be on the one show? That's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. You spread the wealth, so you get two big ratings instead of I one. Like one well, I math. like how
2: you're stuck That's on that math. one opinion. That's I don't understand how dumb math. this draft was.
0: No, I do you're understand on
2: that. one. You're only stuck on that. Because that was a bad draft.
0: opinion. But
2: that was a bad opinion. The draft is stupid as well. So you're, what is, I, is I, my
0: what is my opinion on the draft? I literally have are, not said so you're, anything you're, about the draft itself.
2: You're trying to give it logic. You're trying to give this draft logic. Like you're going to sit here for a sport and say that half the talent is available for a sport
0: but the other half is available on the next day they should make it a pool there should be a pool available on smackdown a pool available on raw i the way they did it last year where they let you know who could be drafted on what night that makes more sense this year they just let it off to chance and let it off to you just had to assume that you know when rk bro gets picked by raw and then they don't respond by picking uh Usos on SmackDown that the Usos aren't available. You just have to basically use your no, WWE no, logic hat. That's no, all no, it, it was. It's a
2: draft. It's a draft. How do I have to decide and figure out? Figure out what talent is available. If they haven't been picked, they're available. That's how a draft works. That's Good how point. a draft works. If they haven't been chosen, they're available. Are you gonna be like, oh, these guys are available on Monday? This isn't like that. <laughs> and like this isn't like the NFL, where it's round one on uh... on Thursday, round two on Friday, and round three on Saturday. No, if you're not available, if you're available, you need to be picked. It's that simple. It's that simple. And if if you want to give Fox the big ratings, give them the big draft picks. Raw is the B show anyway, so give them the rest of the draft.
0: And Dutch, what did you think about the home invasion by uh, Seth Rollins on Edge?
3: It would have been all right, but I thought he played. Like I said last night, he uh, he played too strongly to the young girls, which I think mm-hmm. I didn't. I did not like. He's looking at their artwork on the walls, and I know that's to make Edge mad. But I'm thinking, no oh, man, don't go here. I mean, yeah. you don't have to go there, and he looked at their at their school the packs. yeah, oh I hated that I mean and and I know what's most saying uh Sid, don't overthink it yeah but I, but <laughs> i didn't i i didn't I didn't like that anyway if you if you start thinking about it that and somebody I think you brought this up his doors unlocked, and they live uh, allegedly in a, a mountain region, so you, your door's unlocked and and then he went in there, he would have maybe been okay, but I thought that the attention paid to the young females in that family was way too much. I don't nah. even want to think about it, to tell you the truth. I hate that. I hate that stuff. I, I, I didn't
0: really understand it until you explained it last night. That's why I had to have you uh, talk about it here. That was a little bit, yeah, a little bit much. It was a little bit much. I do agree with you there. Uh, I, I never s-
1: thought about that until he just said that like why was he so fascinated and then he has a daughter as well so it would make it again make it make sense people hello if i just had a newly brand new baby daughter why would i want to now go and look at this man's little girls like go in their room go in their bathroom see like let me know what kind of toothpaste they use you know put toothpaste all over their mirror like make it like you know things like that. Go and see where his let's, let's in the basement. Like go just dis- like I don't know if you want to destroy stuff. I guess they didn't have the budget to do all that. But if you're gonna do that, like let's do it. Come on.
0: No, because that was his actual house. If it wasn't his actual house, he would have messed stuff up. But it, it was his actual house. Uh, outside of SmackDown this week, we missed uh, Extreme Rules 2021, which we previewed on True Hill Heat 144. Uh, Roman Reigns defeated the Demon Finn Balor to retain the WWE Universal Championship thanks to the rope breaking out of nowhere. After the demon rose from the dead And then Roman looked up to the heavens And said thank you So God has returned ladies and gentlemen God has returned And he has turned heel He has aligned himself with the tribal chief Roman Reigns and he helped <laughs> him win right.
3: See, yeah. you're, going to, you're going to hell for sale, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need You're going straight to hell You're not even going through the portal I mean you're just going straight to hell God break has break. turned heel. He did. He did. He. The,
0: how did the rope break? The rope had to break because God struck down a demon. The demon is against us, Dutch. The demon is evil. It's. It, God. God. God has really turned babyface on on the demon, but we didn't realize that. We think the demon is a baby face. but yeah, he. <laughs> He is the real heel in this whole situation. Uh, we also had Sasha Banks return to cause a DQ finish to B- uh, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. We had Damian Priest beat Sheamus and Jeff Hardy in a triple threat match to retain the United States Championship. We also had Charlotte Flair defeat Alexa Bliss to retain the Raw Women's Championship. And the Uso beat uh, Street Profits to retain the SmackDown Tag Team titles. But what do you think about the decision to do that type of ending with the just breaking for the demon to be protected Dutch
3: you're asking me <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> you would you have yeah. that? Yeah, you would you look, have that I definitely <laughs> well, want to hear your all, take
2: on this, on this
3: listen when you book a match I've always heard this that you need to have a general finish in mind I guarantee you when they got in these creative sessions they couldn't decide on a finish and that somehow eked its way in there, like the roof, and I, very, very i think uh it was a bad finish because I think you could just see the the crowd and the viewers on TV just go, "Oh, come on, man, is that it
1: thank, thank you, because that's what I did and
3: because here's a guy that's the, everything turns red, and then he starts humping the floor <laughs> and, and he gets up. And he gets on the ropes and all of a sudden and a mortal act like that can get rid of the demon? Well, hell, they should have known this three or four years ago. They could have beat him a lot. So I don't know. I don't I don't get that at all. I mean, don't overthink it, because it went by and they will never bring that back up. I I guarantee it. Joe, but God. because that is a finish that I'm gonna be on the creative side. That's a finish that's how are you going to beat this guy? I mean, how are you... You just can't do it. But that's believable. I mean, it's like wrestling's not, is not as believable to start off with. So let's take a super alien human being, I guess, and just let... Just a little... Why, why did he just fall down the stairs? Why couldn't he done a Joe Biden and fell down the stairs and hurt himself? See what I mean? But, <laughs> but my God... <laughs> At least I think a people would have understood that just as well, but I, I don't, I'm going to have to go on record and say it. I didn't understand the finish and I didn't like the finish.
0: Totally understandable with uh, the ridiculousness in that, but mm-hmm. that's why I tried to make sense of it, that it was God. It was God. Yeah, it was divine. I'm go on record and
2: say, that finish wasn't shit. Like I'm, I'm going to go on record with that. That No. no. So we're still, we're now, we don't know what to do, so we're, <laughs>
1: we're stealing the, the dark light, the red light now. <laughs> And since we've crucified the other, you know, talent that was on the show before and we got rid of him, you know, let's just use this red light somewhere else now. You know, let's just just take the time where the demon has (laughs) never used this light before. Let's just use this right now since we can since we have the budget. Let's do that. But then now we turn the red lights off to make him appear like he's going to, you know, get up. But then he falls uh, like when did they have time to loosen up the, the 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 rope?
0: Uh, there was a fan video of uh, the camera guy. The camera guy was the one that cut the, cut and you the rope. You can't even
1: do one. it like clean.
2: Yo, and what, what makes it worse, right? So you have this resurrection <sighs> you, of okay, you have this sorry. resurrection of this mortal, it's immortal being as Dutch said, is humping his humping the, the, the mat. Right. The conk, the, <laughs> and, and and he's resurrected, kicking ass and taking names and doing all of that. And then when he goes up to the top and this damn thing snaps, his knee hurts now? Like he, this, bro, immortal I, be- <laughs> this immortal being's knee hurts now. Now his knee's in pain, and he <laughs> takes one hit, and then he's over. Then the match is over. Like, there's no sense in this whatsoever. Like, this, it, it, <laughs> when, whatever, whatever happened, whether it's God, my, cameraman, people's, his knee hurts after falling off a rope after being resurrected from the dead.
1: Mind you, the match was actually good.
2: That's it was, the annoying. That's what make that. Uh, it all was annoying. a
1: good. They That's what makes it all annoying. They not great. They ruin a good match.
2: It was a damn good match. It was, a it good, was match. A good Roman was some of the best heel work of the of the of the of the of the season. Cool. Like wearing wearing, a, wearing the mask, and not wanting to not wanting to breathe the same air as the as these puppets. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it was great <laughs> stuff. Himself. It was great that's stuff. The, like and then and then they just deflate everything because. It ruined. I was happy. It- I was like, I was like, okay, this is kind of different with all of this uh, all this all this supernatural shit. And 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 then they do that. It deflates do- everything that you just looked at. I was like, no, no, that's not really happening. He is re- he's really not about to lose because of this. And he lost.
0: <laughs> Divine intervention, ladies and gentlemen. It works in mysterious ways. Uh the show yeah, otherwise otherwise besides uh, that finish was actually pretty good, but uh, everybody will remember the finish. Uh, We also had last night AEW Rampage. Uh, You had Brian Danielson defeat Nick Jackson in an outstanding match. You also had Jade Carco beat uh, Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose in a three-way match to continue her undefeated streak. Orange Cassidy defeated Jack Evans in a hair versus hair match, and AEW announced uh, the participants for the casino ladder match this Wednesday on Dynamite's second uh, anniversary show. It's going to be John Moxley, Miro, Orange Cassidy, Matt Hardy, Lance Archer, Andrade El Idio, and a joker so the uh, mysterious joker card will appear so we've been hearing people like Heyman, page maybe buddy matthews maybe another debut might be in this casino ladder match but i do want to ask dutch you've been dealing with because i i talked to the sports keto wrestling powers that be and made us start watching aew rampage what's been your your biggest positive and your biggest negative about watching all elite wrestling
3: Well, the biggest positive is it's new, and they have a clean slate in front of them, but that clean slate is being filled in. You know, they're not immune to making mistakes, too. Like last week, that two-hour special, and I complained about it last week, every match was kind of the same. I mean, and nobody really advanced. And and Adam Cole was their newest uh, addition. They didn't really even protect him that well. And this week he beat, did he beat uh, Jungle Boy? Yeah, he beat Jungle Boy on Dynamite. But I guess it was a good match, but I don't know what that proves. Tell you the truth. I don't know. But I think AEW is running on just star power right now is what they're running on. And how long can you just run on star power? And uh, when it gets to, they have to really tell the story. Can they do that? They've been in business how long? Two years. Yes, two years. And uh, I think this pandemic may have helped them. To tell you the truth, because it made them like center on center on themselves instead of crowds and all this. But they need crowds. I got that. But uh, it's still the 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 jury is still out on AEW and whether they can. Uh, uh, bring numbers to the, to the TV station and, and make money. They're making money right now because they have to with, that, with, with all the syndication money coming in, I'm, I'm sure. And I hear they're offering money comparable to what uh, WWE is paying. So good for them, and it's great for the wrestler because now they have another place. If, if they're a quality, uh, a, a quality wrestler, they have another place that they, they can go to. So, but if you look at WWE now, it looks like a a lot like just a WWE roster if you look at AEW right now.
0: It, it, it's it's getting bolsterous with the size definitely comparable to uh, WWE as far as a, the amount of stars that they got uh, we also had AEW Dynamite this week they did 1.1552 million viewers this week a 0.45 in the 18-49 to 49 demo they were number one in on cable again this week one of the best episodes of the year honestly with the Brody Lee tribute in Rochester, New York main evented by Sammy Guevara defeating God's favorite champion Miro to win the TNT Championship in a special moment, the title that Brody Lee most re- represents in the main event, and Sammy Guevara with the good babyface underdog win. Adam Cole defeated Jungle Boy, like we just mentioned, in an excellent opener to the show. You also had MJF was confronted by Darby Allen to set up a rivalry between two of the four pillars of AEW: Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson defeated uh, Dante Martin and matt Seidel in a good tag team match but what took the story there was the post match with arn anderson cutting one hell of a promo dutch where he he had a an analogy where he said that cody is the type of guy that gets carjacked and he lets the person take his car and he says please don't hurt me while arn anderson is the type of person that when the guy tries to carjack them he pulls out his glock and he, and he splatters his brain, his brains all over the pavement. So, yes, we have this meme right here Glock Anderson here. and uh, Anna, Anna, Anna J and Take Conti uh, beat the bunny and Penelope Ford. We. <laughs> <laughs> But, that's a whole uh, bunch of them. Oh, that's the that's the best one, yep. That's one of this the best shit, ones right there. They
2: made a video game stunt about this shit, too, where <laughs> they did new the Pro Wrestling.
0: Sorry.
1: have
0: Fire Pro Wrestling, yeah, with uh, Glock Anderson pulling it out, yes. Uh, we also had Orange Cassidy and the Dark Order defeat the HFO in a 16-man tag team match. Is he a no-limit soldier? <laughs> yes, Uh that gave us a great emotional moment with Brody Lee Jr. as well as Amanda Huber, Huber, Mrs. Brody Lee, reuniting the Dark Order after weeks of dissension. So great moment, great show from top to bottom. What was your thoughts on the show? Jo- on the show, Top Guy JJ. Um,
2: it was a it was a solid show, but I yeah, wasn't not great. A but fan. it's a, yeah, uh, yeah, I wasn't. A <laughs> I mean, I
3: I like that. It was a solid. It show wasn't. Done. I wasn't a fan.
2: I wasn't a fan of seeing like forty-two guys in three matches. Like it was like the most convoluted, congested card in a long time for AEW. Now I get why because they did the tribute to Brody Lee. I get that. I get it. But us uh, like they had like a like an eight man tag followed by a sixteen man tag with a tag match before that. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is there, all of this?
0: There wasn't an eight man tag.
2: Whatever. It felt like I it felt like I saw like thirty people in three matches. Like it it, it was just so congested. I was like, this is much. This is too much. And and, and then I love the ending because everybody knows I'm a big fan of Sammy Guevara. So the fact that I was I was. Super excited to see Sammy Guevara defeat Miro in a straight up match to become TNT champion. I, I mean, I was pulling for Sammy the entire time. I picked Sammy on every poll I was available. Sammy's my guy. But everything in between that was like, oof, oof, I can't, I can't. This is not. <laughs> and it, the show opened great with Adam Cole and with Adam Cole and Jungle Boy. That was one of the one of the best openers AEW's had in a while. But, I mean, obviously, we had Grand Slam. I don't consider that. I consider that one of the greatest matches AEW's have had. <laughs> so, uh, it was a good opener. But, yeah, too much shit in the middle for me. That just was like, ugh, I can't I can't fuck with it this week.
0: Huh. Well, I'm just going by consensus. Consensus said it was one of the best shows of the year. I thought it was one of the best shows of the year. And Jimmy, who's the biggest critic of uh, AEW, also agreed it was one of the better shows of the year. But, Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Did he
1: really? Yeah. Wow, I'm disappointed it, in Jimmy.
2: I,
0: I'm not. Yeah, I agree
1: yeah, with him. when
2: Jimmy, has, <laughs> uh, yeah, when Jimmy sees like thirty, Jimmy usually people, like Jimmy cuts cuts, that, cuts ass, and he didn't cut ass in this episode. Is. Yeah, but there was funny. nothing
0: to cut ass about it's 60 it's a 16 man match because of the dark order the dark order had their dissension build up for weeks and they finally did the that's, blow off it was a wholesome moment that's all that's literally the only complaint he had about the show because he doesn't like mushy stuff so he yeah, didn't like yeah, the, you know, stuff oh, he didn't the stuff with Brody lee and stuff like that also. but i didn't really but,
1: think the episode was really a tribute but you know that's just my opinion
0: well the, bro, the 16 man match was a tribute that, to Brody Lee, it. as well as as well as Tay I mean, Conti and uh, and Anna J getting the victory with Brody Lee Jr. coming out at the Look, end. Look,
2: man, my energy that's is great. always going to be the same when thirty people in are in a wrestling ring. I don't give. I don't care what it is. Battle royal. It wasn't bad, thirty
0: man. people in the in the wrestling. But that's ring. what
2: it feels like. You don't. You're, 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 that's what it, When you have all of these people, when you don't even see the ring and it's all surrounded by guys, it's just too much going on.
0: That's one match. That's literally. It was literally one. It was
2: match. an eyesore for me. <laughs> it was a damn eyesore for me, and then Dutch? it was like a big tag match
1: before that too. That did the show. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: Let Dutch talk. I didn't see the show. I see the show. <laughs> 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 so nobody you're just- can say you you're an idiot, Dutch. You you don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, I I do agree. They use too many people. And, and it seems like, to me, it was like the other show, the two-hour show, was a mishmash. It like they had the whole city. Where were they? In Brooklyn or uh, the Arthur Ashe Stadium? Queens, yeah. Queens. Yeah, it looked like they had this, a bunch of street people in there, too. They just walked in and got on camera. It was just too many people. What do you yeah. focus yeah. on?
0: <laughs> I did I did agree with you there Dynamite. because
3: Dynamite.
0: <laughs> there was only one there was only one singles match on that Rampage Grand Slam like like this I, I don't agree with this with Dynamite because they was just a 16 man tournament that had way too many people out there but th- I do agree Grand, Ra- Rampage Grand Slam had uh four uh 4 on 4 a 2 on 2 A 3 on 3 another 2 on 2 that's too many if one if one match has a lot of guys I don't really mind that much but we also missed WWE Raw which did uh 1.7 million viewers they had big E defeat Bobby Lashley in a steel cage main event to retain the WWE championship Bobby Lashley also uh reunited with Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin in the Hurt Business Damian Priest for
1: MVP to not to be there <sighs> make it make sense M- people
0: MVP is injured he just had knee surgery
1: Okay, go
0: ahead, finish. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> Damian Priest beat Chavis in a no-DQ, no-cowdown match to retain the United States Championship. AJ Styles beat uh, Riddle in a very good uh, encounter. And Charlotte Flair beat Dewdrop to retain the Raw Women's Championship. Dutch, I know wow. you are very close friends with uh, Big E. What's your thoughts on Big E becoming the WWE Champion?
3: Well, it took him 10 years to get there. A lot of hard work, and I really, really like Big E, because he's the type of guy that will go out there and he'll work for it. And he's worked, and he's not—he's a great guy, easy to get along with, even when he's—I mean, even when he disagrees with you. I mean, it's—it's it's not a big contest, but he, he'll work with you, or not—not not me, but his opponents. I've seen him do it, and he works for the match instead of for himself, and it paid off for him. I'm glad to see him in the position. He's in by now. Couldn't have happened to a better guy or a more deserving guy. I like him a lot.
0: Absolutely. And Chrissy, what was your thoughts on uh, this week's Raw with uh, Bobby Lashley and Big E's Steel Cage main event?
1: I thought it was really, really good. Again, my only issue was (laughs) if MVP is injured, which he is, fine, great, understand it, why... Did we break this faction up in the first place? Who advocated for not breaking them up to not put them back together while he's not champion? Right. The whole, like, I've been saying this all day. Make it make sense, people. Like, it's not making sense. Have
2: I told you you're my role model?
0: Um, Truly here, role model action. Asking Dutch, uh, Can I ask, what does Dutch think about wrestlers threatening to murder each other, as Goldberg did this past Monday, saying that if he's lucky, he will kill Lashley? What do you think, Dutch? Oh, my
3: God. Oh, that, that is just oh too Christ Years ago, when I was young, I told a guy I was going to kill him. They stopped the interview. They said, don't say you're going to kill him. They said, we don't need that. And everybody knows you're not going to kill him. Don't they have laws against killing people? I mean you can't go out there and you can say I can I will destroy you or I will annihilate you or take you apart. But that murdering people, that's a bad word anyway, and he shouldn't have used it and I don't like it. Well, yeah, miss the whole
1: thing though. Why is Goldberg still in the picture? Please Because Bobby Lashley
3: attacked his dad, uh,
0: his son.
1: Oh my god. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm just I'm just giving the facts that's what I'm here for um, <laughs> NXT 2.0 had Raquel Gonzalez beat Frankie Melray to retain the TN- the NXT Women's Championship she was then attacked by toxic attraction with Mandy Rose standing tall you also had the index honeymoon with Dexter Moon as having a lot of protection that's all I have to say about NXT uh, <laughs> Impact <laughs> on Access TV had Eddie Edwards defeat uh, W Morrissey in a street fight uh, main event after the match <laughs> Moose did he uh, destroyed Eddie Edwards with the steel chair several times while Morrissey held his wife, Alicia, to watch his destruction. He also had Christopher Daniels make his return to Impact Wrestling in ring return against uh, Madman Filton And Trey Miguel defeated Alex Zane and Laredo Kid in a fun opener to advance in the X Division Tournament. Question for you, Dutch. How was your, like, what was the kind of your your overall, what do you think your, your biggest contribution was to your time in Impact Wrestling when you were a part of creative? Uh, the girls'
3: division. I created that. Nobody else wanted them. Vince Russo didn't want them. Jeff <laughs> Jarrett didn't want them. I said, guys, you know, what's the deal? And they kept saying, well, can we get enough girls? I said, well, there's, there's 300 million people in the country, and 150 million of them are women. I think we could find 12 that we could put on uh, put on the show, and they never agreed to it. And I said, "What what's it going to hurt? I said, if we don't... Listen, I said, guys, we're not marrying them. We're not getting married. We're just dating them. And if we don't like them, don't bring them back. And then, after we started using them, I brought Kong in, which is one of the most amazing talents I've ever seen. Yes. And I said, don't you go off your feet. I use the Abdullah the Butcher... Uh, analogy with her not Mm -hmm. just anybody not a 125 pound girl is going to knock you down do not go off your feet and she got over and then the girls every time we had a girl segment on Impact TV it was always one of the if not the top one the next to it Gail Kim and Kong when we put them in a main event we were 10 years ahead of WWE at the time when we put them in the main event they did a one point Four five. If it had been a four six, it would have been a, uh, a, a 3.5, which was the highest rating ever at That's Impact. Awesome. And they did their job. And I, I think the girls' division was the best. That's why a lot of people watched it because of just the girls' division. I think.
0: I agree. Uh, I, like awesome Kong and Gail Kim was like one of the best women's rivalries of all time. Yeah, so yeah. thank you for that, Doug. Absolutely. Well, to you for keeping they that did division
2: the work for resurrecting that division with us to now be one of the best in, in impact wrestling right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. So, and yeah,
3: I, I was trying to sell an all girls show at the time. And I was talking to one of the uh, top guys at spike at the time It's paramount now. And he said, do you think a girl show would go? I said, brother, they keep talking about this elusive eighteen to thirty-two uh year old male market. I said, Don't you think the quickest, fastest way to get that market is to have eighteen to maybe twenty-five year old half naked females on TV. Don't you think they would watch that? I mean, that's what I would that would be the first thing I'd think of. And but you do girls wrestling with purpose you have angles and you have titles and you do it just like a, a guy's show except you just do it with women and that's what I hate about uh WWE a lot of those girls matches <clears throat> are very short they might go two minutes three minutes that's just to say I don't know maybe that's to say well we're diversified it's our diversity uh addition to everything that's going on they'll put them on but they won't put them on as long as they should have, because some of those girls are very talented. So I wouldn't over. If I was WWE, I wouldn't overlook that. Yeah, they 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 do a lot, and it's definitely better
0: than what it used to be in WWE. But they can definitely do more, and you know, you what they did in TNA with you in charge with the women's division kind of was the predecessor to what they what they. Uh, went on to do in WWE. Uh, we got WWE news to go over. FIFA Select released a detailed report about the relationship between WWE and the USA Network with the WWE Jeff looming talent was not clued in too much. WWE sources did confirm to FIFA weeks ago that they were working with uh, both Fox and USA Network directly to make sure all parties were satisfied. It's actually been reported that Fox uh, requested Charlotte Flair to be on SmackDown. As far as the USA side of the WWE deal, contacts at USA did express counter concerns, so to speak, to some at Fox, being under the impression that their platform was used to promote Peacock so heavily, a source we uh, that Fightful spoke to at the USA Network pointed to the Hell in a Cell matches that both aired on Fox and USA Network surrounding the pay-per-view as it as a look at some of the posturing between the two networks NXT <clears throat> was also a point heavily talked about Andrew Zarian of the Matman podcast collaborated with Fightful for the story and noted that he'd heard that USA Network responded favorably to NXT 2.0 and many of the changes put forward another person that works at USA Network pointed out the massive jump in viewership for nxt 2.0 other positives mentioned by usa network included uh the nxt 2.0 opening segment with braun breaker they like to focus on the wedding and the diamond mind and the nxt title match and the idea that usa network doesn't keep tags on on what is going on was voided as those we spoke uh Fightful spoke to were familiar with Tommaso champa and very happy that he became the nxt champion in regards to WWE's relationship the sources uh, that FIFO spoke to connected to USA Network and brought up the fact that the company's relationship together extends well before uh, many of the employees were even born and most are well versed in the long term connection between the two parties USA sources said that the declining viewership as compared to the start of the deal when the competition wasn't waned to that degree is something that they've uh, liked to be addressed and they don't like the whole like scapegoats and shortcuts that WWE was doing in the past, like the turning out the lights, uh, the brand switching rules, raw underground and running commercials uh, during matches or not running commercials through matches. And the two out of three falls, they want innovations and not scapegoats. And uh, Stephanie McMahon actually had a big meeting over the summer with NBC Universal's Mark Zanos, and uh, they had a one on one discussion about uh, about what's going on between the two parties but Dutch to ask you since you've been in the inner workings how involved are the networks in how these companies are run and who is like pushed and promoted the most in the business
3: well I don't know the the inner workings that much because I was not involved in that but I'm assuming that they are pretty well tuned in to what's going on and they want to be uh, notified when a big change is going to be made or even a title change is going to be made I don't know what qualifies one of their... Uh, see, they just go by ratings. That's all they can go about. They don't They don't care about what, what the, the scheme is in creative or who they're pushing. They can tell you this segment did this, and they can give you minute-by-minute minute segments. And if you look back, you can tell who's who the people are watching. So, but that, that they're... I'm guessing, I'm, I don't know, but I'm, I'm sure they're tuned in very intently on what's going on.
0: Yeah, they seem to have more control about what's going on more than ever before. So it's 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 an interesting time to be in wrestling for sure. Uh, we also got a little news from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that the top picks were actually informed of ahead of time to Fox and USA Network, and the plans for the draft are not set in. We're not set in stone for what's going to go on on Monday Night Raw. Uh, one of the quotes said, "We've been told NXT looks to be a big part of the draft, but they that." Could change in a moment's notice. It's believed that Dakota Kai, Aliyah, and Ziya Lee are the leading candidates for getting called up for the women's roster from NXT, and they were brought up a couple of weeks back for dark matches. FIFO Select added that not even names in talent relations knew of how things were going to go as of Wednesday. As of Thursday, talent weren't told what the format of the show would be, and like we kind of addressed when we talked about SmackDown, we don't know either, so if talent don't know, we definitely shouldn't be known. Uh, and faithful as at the top needs yeah
3: but because they don't know because I've said this before and it's been well documented that Vince can come in at whatever time he comes in at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock and they go over the show and he don't like it they'll rewrite the show literally rewrite the whole show on site and maybe start at 4.30 5 o'clock and that's what they do because if he doesn't like it if he's in a mood He'll just rewrite the whole show, and he can do that. He's the boss.
0: Yeah, exactly. At a moment's notice, it could change, and that's how like Vince's been for for years. And we even said that with uh, when Rick said yesterday that they're not going to split up couples, but he could change his mind with that in a moment's notice. <laughs> of uh, according to a report by uh, wokeculture.com, WWE is planning to run a major pay-per-view event in the UK later next year. The event is said to be targeted for September 20, 2022 at a stadium venue with the hopes that it could draw a possible attendance of 90,000 people. Additionally, the report noted that the venues uh, that could hold up uh, are Manchester's Old Transferred, uh, Wales prese- uh uh, Principality uh, Stadium and uh, London's new Wembley Stadium that opened in 2007. Additionally, August 29th, 2022, will mark the 30th anniversary of WWE SummerSlam 1992 at Wembley Stadium. And then uh, Dave Meltzer addressed uh, the rumors of a UK stadium or possibly Wembley event. And he says that there's b- certainly been talks. And then our very own friend uh, Alex McCarthy of Talk Sports reports that WWE hosting SummerSlam in the UK is in the works. With Cardiff's uh, Pre- uh Principality Stadium as the current front-runner to hold the event, according to McCarthy, both parties have been working on it uh for months. Though nothing has been uh financialized uh finalized, despite Principality Stadium being WWE's preferred venue. Uh, what's your thoughts, Chrissy Love, on SummerSlam potentially coming to uh the UK next year?
1: Well deserved. It, it should it should go there, especially with that anniversary. I mean. If you want a big event and you want it to be big as like the last one, definitely should do
0: it for sure. Yeah, I, I think it would be it would mark a huge event and they right. do well in the UK.
1: Exactly. And, I, and I'm sure that especially hopefully like the pandemic will hopefully be trickling down a little bit where we can have a little bit more cushion or room to like move around more. And I, I think they would love for, for them to come over there and, and do that big stadium and draw the crowd. But hell, we'll have more people from over here be able to fly over there and, and you know, see that show in that type of atmosphere, you know?
0: Yeah. And they definitely always bring an interesting and unique atmosphere. Uh, Dutch, do you have any stories of working in the UK and what's like been your best crowd that you've been in front of over there?
3: Uh, well, when I was over there, they never was doing their downtime. So they were kind they were kind of full, but they were, you, you could still see seats. So what surprised me about England is their breakfast. That's what I noticed. They serve baked beans for breakfast. I said, what kind of, What is the hell is this? Baked beans for breakfast? And that's what they do. Uh, I, I really enjoyed my time in England. Uh, I didn't like London too much because it's too crowded. And, but Wales is beautiful. Uh, Ireland is beautiful. Scotland is beautiful. The most beautiful place over there in Europe I found is France. Out in the country in France. Beautiful. Yeah. One time I, I one story we had an afternoon show, a night show and uh, or maybe but I was in three towns I was in Spain, France and Italy all in the same day. Work, worked all of them in the same day so and you would fly in on that private plane and do the show, fly to the next one, do it and fly to the next one so but I enjoyed my time there
0: always, always loud over there and always a great crowd. So it should be interesting if we're going to get a a pay-per-view finally back in the UK next year. Uh, According to Wrestling Inc., Alexa Bliss is supposed to be taking time off from television. It's unknown when or why that will happen, but per a a report from uh, PW Insider, it seems that she's been written off and scheduled to undergo sinus surgery. It's unknown exactly how long she is expected to be out, but uh, that's kind of what the angle was at the end of extreme rules match where lily was torn apart it was to kind of write her off for a few months what's been your thoughts on the alexa bliss character and what do you think about her taking time off top guy jj um
2: the alexa bliss character not really the biggest fan of it obviously complete complete plug of another guy that we can't wait to see back on tv again but um her her her, her dialogue with charlotte over the past couple of weeks i, I enjoyed I, you know it was okay um sinus surgery that's about if that that's true that that's like three to four months that she's going to be away easily because usually it's t- that's a 12-week surgery so that because that shit requires you got to be face planted on the ground you can't you got to be fuck. you got to be looking straight you got to get head got to be implanted for hours at a time yeah she's not going to be ready for any ring competition anytime soon if that's the case
0: yeah it should it's very interesting that uh, this is the time that she chooses to get uh, written off as you know the WWE draft. The rosters are being uh, shuffled around, but some time off would definitely you know benefit her at this point. but if she counter-
2: does it at this point, she would be back for WrestleMania season. so that's yeah. probably the idea.
0: Yeah, and but it's a good time for the character because the character was very divisive among fans. Uh, we got to send a congratulations to WWE superstar Tony Storm on her engagement to New Japan star uh, Juice Robinson. Also, uh, Fightful Select has a new report with new details on plans WWE was making for Adam Cole. Apparently, uh, the they had an idea. You know, we've heard the report that creative pitch for Cole to work as a heel manager for Keith Lee. However, Cole never heard. Heard that, but according to FIFO's report, it's not uncommon for pitches like that one not to make it to talent. One pitch that FIFO uh, reports did make it to Cole was to have him cut his hair and to give him a new look for Raw or SmackDown. Uh, Cole reportedly made it clear to WWE officials that he wasn't interested in cutting his hair for WWE TV. The pitch was Good. not made I'm again happy to Cole. Foot
1: down.
0: Additionally,
1: who am I, Baron Corbin? What the hell is this? just retarded
0: to me. Additionally, WWE sources reportedly had high praise for Cole for his transparency on what he did and didn't like from creative standpoint, along with how he dealt with uh, his WWE exit. And he talked about um, telling Shawn Michaels and Triple H he was going to AEW when he spoke to Renee Perkett recently. Dutch Mantel, what is the biggest creative pitch that they gave you that never made it to air, whether your first run with WWF or your uh, last run with We The People?
3: They didn't have a lot of creative pitches for me. They didn't give me anything, to tell you the truth. The I had to when I was doing uh, Zeb Coulter, not the Uncle Zeb. They didn't understand the character. I don't think. No. So I lead the way and said, "I think the guy would do this." Well, and according to what Vince says, but you know, some pitches uh, you never hear about. And they had one pitch they wanted me to do. One time they wanted me to do a pitch that I didn't want to do. And it wasn't about the immigrants. It was about something else. But it was a touchy subject. I said, I need to leave that alone. Well, Vince wants you to do it. So I went out there and did it. Under the under the uh, the caveat. You like that word? Caveat?
0: Yes. Under
3: the caveat <laughs> If it didn't get over, they'd take it out. Well, it didn't get over. And he never made it to TV. And I come back and I said, Well, I told you. See, they thought Zeb culture was gonna be a super heel. And people were gonna hate me. I was, and I didn't tell them. I said, I don't think they're gonna hate me that much. But you can't you gotta watch what you say because they may not like what you say. I said, Well, I'll do it. So I went out there. I could tell the first night Hope my first night was in Nashville <clears throat> where the people know me so, and I could tell it got over and the people liked it, but I don't think they hated me, and I don't think they hated me anywhere else. They did hate me in Mexico, though, they hated me in Mexico and they hated me on the border, kind of hated me. So, one guy's I, I was standing outside a ring, and it was way south Texas, right on the border, and some guy said. Zab, go to you, SOB, I'm going to kill you. And you don't, you don't ever see WWE fans saying that. So I went to the back and I told the security guy, I said, man, you need to be out here with me. And I said, told him what he said. He said, I oh, he ain't going to do nothing. I said, brother, please. I'm trying to tell you, if I get hurt out there, you're the first one I'm going to sue. I'm going to sue the company and you. <laughs> so then he went out there the next night and they were doing it. One guy wanted to come over the railing at me so if he have come over the railing with me he could have beat the crap out of me jack may have helped me but then when they got hurt him he said yeah you're right he said i've never heard him that way i said well i'm just trying to tell you but <clears throat> you got to watch that heat and when you talk about and all of y'all have heard heat yeah but heat in the olden days was real they would attack you now it's more or less you know kids and stuff they won't do it too much but back in the old days, and you can tell when people were serious, or sometimes you wouldn't know it till they ride on top of you. So it was a kind of a, taking your health in your hands sometimes when you went to the ring, especially in Puerto Rico and down south. Crazy. A
0: follow-up question for that uh, that actually comes from our friend uh, Pat what uh, what were kind of kind of to put the two things together as far as like pitches and then the Mexicans uh, you you had your whole alliance with Alberto uh, Del Rio which yep. was Mex America what what was supposed to be the plan there when they put you guys together
3: it was Vince's idea it never made sense to me because I didn't tell him it didn't make sense. But Alberto Del Rio, was I hated him. So all of a sudden, I disappear, and then he comes back, and we're together, made absolutely no sense. So I tried to put some sense to it to let it look like that. Me and Jack were working this big scam to get even with Alberto Del Rio, but they didn't want really to hear it. And then I heard one day, well, they're going to write you off TV, and uh, we're going to figure out something. But by that time, it was kind of too late. You know, Jack had went somewhere else or he was going another deal and they figured it was too late to put us back together so and this was 2000 I think 16 and I finished up there and I went to work with uh, TNA wrestling from then on out so the not ever idea they give you is going to work and especially when they get away from that original idea and then try to piece it back together they just didn't want to do it I guess and they didn't
0: yeah, I, w- I was very confused with that. I was hoping that it was a long con with you and uh, Jack Swagger working together.
3: And they they, they they looked at me like I'd spit on the Pope or something. Don't make sense <laughs> to them, you know. Like Chrissy says, make it make sense. I was trying to make it make sense, but they didn't want to hear it.
1: And I think they do that a lot now. They don't want to make any sense. appreciate <laughs> your
3: brutal
2: honesty on that angle there, sir.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we I, AEW News. AEW has announced the formation of a nonprofit that will honor uh, the late, great John Huber, aka Brody Lee. The company announced on Wednesday that the uh, Amanda and Chris Huber, the wife and brother of the late Brody Lee, has created the John Huber Legacy Foundation, which will provide support to people in creative fields who have not taken the next step in their career because of family obligations. The foundation will select a group of creative individuals starting in 2022 to support with resources connections and practical skills and direct funding so that's great to hear aew working with them as well as with the owen hart foundation as we talked about last week any any thoughts on that uh dutch and any stories about Brody lee
3: yeah but what does that mean we're going to help people in creative positions who couldn't proceed because of family. i don't even know what that means
0: um, I think it's ma- mainly like, you know, uh, a mother who was like in some type of field that had a baby and had to like take some time off and couldn't complete her schooling or, um, you know, so- along those lines, like, or like someone who had, who was in a creative field that, you know, their, their parents got sick and they had to stop in their pursuit of that career and stuff
3: like that. I think the wording could have been better to tell you the truth. Yes, when you when you when you read it and you say, like I did, what does that mean? I mean, it can't be sick, can't be cancer, can't be tuberculosis or something else. Just everybody understands that. But I don't know. I, I hope it's successful. I really do. Any any
0: uh, stories or memories of uh, Brody Lee from your time together?
3: No, he was. See, uh... there's certain guys that that you you get to know i didn't travel with brody and i didn't travel with that those guys i i did most of my traveling with jack so i didn't really get to know him and since i don't drink and i don't party and i'm hell older than water i didn't go out to bars so i didn't really know them that way. i just met him at like chrissy she mentioned in catering i just talked to him in catering and uh and I've explained that he did sit down with me one day and just, he said, I just want to pick your brain. And we talked for a while and I gave him some suggestions, maybe here or there. And he either used them or he didn't. I said, but I think it might help you. But, and I gave him ideas that I thought might help him. But, of course, he's got to clear that with the producers and all this. And, and he was new there, too. So a lot of young talent, they don't push their boundaries much. Uh, and they just go with what they give them, and that's why you see. Sometimes you just see things that you just don't understand because the talent doesn't really respond back in a, a negative way. They just go do it because if you if you kind of refuse or you have a negative attitude about something, that goes back to the boss, and it could be it could be a not a good entry point, could be an exit point. Because they don't want to hear no, they want to hear go and do it. I don't blame them in some ways, but if uh, if a guy's got a good point, you need to hear him out. But a guy can't not really have a good point when he's green, when he's new. So you just got to go, and they call it run to play. We call the play run to play. Okay. It's almost, Mm -hmm. if you break it down to football, you say 32 power right on two. The left guard says, no, wait a minute, I don't want to do that. Wait a minute. Just do, just do, just run to play. It's all we asking you to do. So yep. that's what
0: we do. Before we, we're going to wrap things up with a couple of late uh, news notes, I know Chrissy Love, you got to run, you got a family obligation, so please let the people know where they can find you.
1: Well, first of all, uh, very much of a wonderful meeting you, Mr. Dutch. Um, I wish I had more time with you, but it was a pleasure. I'm sure you'll be back again. Um, But other than that, guys, you can follow me on IG and Twitter. I am here. It is Chrissy Love underscore just Miss Chrissy Love. You can catch me every Saturday with my good brothers here on True Hill Heat and with my good brother on Fridays for our Dark Side of the Ring review. I was just on uh, the Tuesday night of nxt show with the boys for the ladies night episode which was not really a ladies night but you know whatever but i had a great time with them we had a great time i will be back again with them again uh other than that you can just hit me up but that's where you can find me
0: thank you as always chrissy and uh i know dutch was happy to see you because you made <laughs> you made him looking at the screen this long very
3: interesting. absolutely thank you <laughs> Nice meeting you, Chrissy. Nice meeting
1: you as well. Bye, guys. See you later.
0: Bye, Chrissy our final AEW notes we got former Dallas Mavericks player uh, and Singh has signed with the company and he will be training at the Nightmare Factory they also have signed a full time contract for Leo Rush who uh, did a debut vignette the LBO Leo being an investor uh, you also had Wrestling Observer newsletter report that Kira Hogan's deal with AEW is a per date deal so when you see the all elite this person is all elite like we saw with Leo Rush that means they signed a full-time deal but there's other uh people like kira hogan that are on per date deals uh bobby fish is going to be versing uh sammy guevara this wednesday on aew dynamite for the tnt championship the young bucks have said they want trios titles and then bray wyatt uh, a lot of rumors were that he was going to debut in rochester for the eight for the Brody lee tribute show but uh among the people that Wrestling Observer and FIFO Select spoke to that wasn't the plan for this week and then transitioning from that to Impact News, Brian Alvarez on Wrestling Observer Live said that the impression he has got is that Bray Wyatt is signing with Impact Wrestling instead of AEW. He said, of course uh, Alvarez notes that uh, Wyatt was, hasn't officially signed with Impact Wrestling yet, so he could change his mind and sign with AEW, but the expectation is that he will sign with Impact. He said, and I quote I mentioned weeks ago that I do not believe that the former Bray Wyatt is going to AEW if you ask me This is not confirmed because nothing is confirmed until somebody signs somewhere The impression I have is that he is most likely to be going to impact wrestling top guy JJ What do you think about Bray Wyatt? uh, Going with impact instead of AEW right now. I,
2: I love the move for now. I love the move for now because there's so much going on in AEW Just to pile on another debut on top of that is not overkill, but it's going to be like, what now? After he debuts, what now? Because it's kind of like they're barely finding room for these guys in three hours, three hours a week. So another superstar, I love the move for now. Let him spend some time over there, resurrect himself over there, and then make the move when the time is right. But right now, the time isn't right. So very happy if this is actually the
3: thing that's happening.
0: And, Dutch, what do you think about uh, Impact potentially signing Bray Wyatt? And do you think that's the best move for his career?
3: Well, like like he just said, that they just had those big, big moves and additions. And then if you just throw one right on top of it, then how are you going to top the last one? And it, you just can't continue like that. I think it is good that he's going to Impact. Then he has a chance to... And I don't know what he's going to do. It's going to be what he wants to do, so it'll give him a chance to work on his character, work on his gimmick, and then when he goes to AEW later on, which I'm sure he'll go in a year or two, they're working together anyway. Yeah. So him going to... Yeah. It's not like he's... AEW is completely out. He's still available to make pay-per-views or to make TV. I mean, they could just probably just call him up at any time. And... but. I, I think it's a good thing. It'll help Impact. Impact needs help. It'll help them and it'll help uh and it won't hurt AEW, but it will help Impact.
0: For sure. And Impact has is actually getting a new championship, the digital media championship, as announced on uh Thursday's edition of Impact Wrestling. Probably the worst name for a title that I've ever heard, but it kind of looks like
3: the, the AEW world board. title.
2: There's a circuit board. It's a circuit board title. <laughs>
3: Oh my the That
2: is atrocious. Di- I don't the get design it. the design is not bad, the plates, but everything inside
3: the plate is atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bathroom title. It'd be the same. I don't I don't get it. I don't the it's gonna it's be, be defended on, on like
0: social media pretty much. Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> New Japan news. Uh, the leaders in the uh, G1 Climax 31 right now. Block A, you got Zack Sabre Jr. is 4-0 with 8 points. You also got uh, B Block has a tie up top with Jeff Cobb and Kazuka Okada at 4-0 with uh, with 8 points apiece. TJP turned heel and joined Will Ospreay's United Empire uh, uh, stable during the last New Japan Pro Wrestling tapings. Uh, you also got New Japan announced that Aria Davari will be de- debuting with New Japan Pro Wrestling on their next uh, set of shows in Philadelphia and then our other wrestling notes uh, Trisha Dora has officially signed with ROH full time so congratulations to her and the former Braun Strowman Adam Shira is joining NBC Sports with a new gig as an analyst for the Mr. Olympia Power Arm Wrestling Championships the former Braun Strowman took to Twitter to announce that he is an analyst full time for the event and which takes place on October 8th and 19th In Orlando, and prior to joining WWE, Shara was a a competitor to the strongman competitions, so it makes sense. And he's gonna make his wrestling return at Freedom Narrative 2 this weekend on Fight TV. So, we're wrapping things up on this edition of True Hill Heat. We want to thank Dutch Mantel for joining us. (laughs) Top Guy JJ, do you have a final question for Dutch before we wrap things up here?
2: I have a question, but actually a, a favor if possible. If you could just indulge us with, with with the final words of such a smart man, can I can I hold my hand over my chest and can can Yes. Can, can...
3: yes. Hey, we used to do that. I used to love it. Everybody, but whether they liked me or not, they'd always stand up. Yes. I'd say, I want Americans, to please rise, put their hand over their chest, and in a long, clear, a loud, clear voice, say along with me: We, the people. We, we the, the people. people. You got it. <laughs> yes. And a loud, clear voice. And they all stood up. So the next night I said, I want every real Englishman to please rise. Put your hand over your heart and say, long live the queen. The place exploded. So nobody knew I was going to do that except Jack. But, but I got a big, I was a heel and I got a big cheer pop. So.
0: So I have one final question for you, Dutch. Uh, if you've been up and down the road, you've been for every promotion.
3: You know you're interfering with my football time. You know
0: that. I, I, I know. I know. That's why we're wrapping up. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, yeah. what is the best rib that has been done to you or you done to somebody else during your time in wrestling?
3: The best rib, I'd have to think about it. But I think one of the best ribs that scared me the worst I had was well, I was first breaking in. And they went, I went after my match, I went down to the room and I was sitting down, and two guys got in an argument. And one of them said, didn't I tell you to stay out of my bag? And it was a, a Japanese guy, and, he was, uh, and they were talking back and forth. And he said, I told you the next time I did that, and he pulled a gun out. And he aimed it at the guy. He said, I told you, somebody lit a firecracker and threw it under my seat. And right when he pointed that gun, it went off. I swear to God, I almost hit the roof. It scared the rib and crap out of me. Because everybody loved it except me. But that was probably one of the actually most dramatic ribs Ever pulled on me? <laughs> you don't ever see a gun. I imagine. Can only imagine. The guy, and then the firecracker went off. I thought he'd shot him. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it funny then? So, and I may have said more, but the guy had a gun, so he. I didn't say anything. I just relieved that it was was a real. It's crazy. Uh, at least it was a rib because they could be dangerous <laughs> I didn't know any of them hell they may be crazy like that I said what the hell have I gotten into here uh, they're shooting each other in the dressing room so anyway <laughs> awesome stuff
0: thank you so much Dutch for joining us on True Hill Heat 145 please let the people know where they can find you on social media and everything you're doing and of course plug that book that you talked about earlier
3: well, you can find me I, I got my website back up and running. The space the space landing couldn't have been as complicated as this damn website. But anyway, uh dirtydutchmentale.com and you can read some of my some of my s- stories in there. And I'm doing stories on Facebook now. It's called, you know, Storytime and it's just Dutchmentale uh on Facebook and you can email me dirtydutchmentale at gmail.com, and I usually get back to everybody who, who, who emails me. So uh, I think I owe that to you just for being a fan of wrestling and being a fan of mine. So if you want to get in contact with me, do that.
0: Great stuff. And go get his book because, like you heard on True Hill Heat 145, this man has stories for days. And we, di- we didn't even get to everything that he could have talked about. So visit that website, dirtydutchmantel.com. And thank you so much, Dutch, for not only being a great wrestling legend, a Hall of Famer, uh, historian yourself, but for being a good friend and coming on this edition of True Hill he Greatly appreciate it, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Top guy JJ, please let the people know where they can find you, sir. On
2: Instagram, you can find me at TrueHeel underscore Top Guy JJ. And every single Saturday, right here on True Hill Heat with with SP three and the beautiful Miss Chrissy Love. And I just want to take the absolute time to really thank you, Dutch, for for taking the time. I know you got probably things going on. Probably quite a few things going on. Take some time to talk to us, talk to the True Heels. Really appreciate the time, sir. Thank you.
0: And you can find me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. Of course, you want to give this video a thumbs up. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you are new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified because we always go live with our flagship podcast every single Saturday. And Dutch, you may want to watch next week because we have someone that might bury you next week on True Hill Heat 146. Our special guest is none other than the legend himself the legendary manager the former manager of john cena kenny bowen will be our special guest <laughs> uh, hey hey kenny uh, trip
3: believe me uh,
0: look at him
2: <laughs> oh my god this guy this, this guy is a, this guy is, this guy is something else
3: that's a thing. just by looking at it
2: so you know who's
3: going to happen next week oh. buddy rick you <laughs> Is that the way you say his name? Uchino. Uchino. Oh, Uchino! Look at him. That's <laughs> place a face for of punch. Just punch him out. By the way. Anyway, we love you, Rick. I guess I'm just saying that. But. I hey, enjoyed the show, guys. Enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. Yes.
0: Great time, and as always, guys, remember to like, share, comment, share, subscribe, and for Dutch Mantel, for Miss Chrissy Love, for Top Guy JJ, it is me. It is me. Your True Hill Phenom SP3. This has been True Hill Heat 145, the Holy Hill Turn. Thank you so much, Dutch Mantel. We are signing off until
2: next time. Peace out.